Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. All right. Hey, welcome to How Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. On this show, we interview recovering addicts, people who had overcame adversity and have a story of redemption and hope. I'm currently in California. And I reached out to Andy. He's been putting me in touch with, you know, people in the program that have been clean a long time. And he put me in touch with Joe. Uh, you got a nonprofit that you help kids, right? Yes. Born and raised in California? Born and raised in Los Angeles. Been here my whole life. Hold up. You've been clean 14 years, right? March this 3rd. Month. Yeah. March 3rd. Wow, that's dope. March 3rd. Yeah, we got 14th. clean. That's so crazy because we got clean the same month, same year. Class of 08. Yeah. We got tired. But yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, uh, you know, just your normal dysfunctional family, you know, um, mom and dad had their demons they were battling. And, uh, you know, my dad was uh, came here illegally from El Salvador. You know, he met my mom. They they were involved in some street life, you know, back in their days. And, you know, they had me and they kind of slowed down, but they still held on to the addiction and drinking mm-hmm. part. And like, some things I never understood, you know, my, my parents would drink like Monday through Friday, you know, and then on the weekends, they wouldn't, you know. Oh, they would drink Monday through Friday, but wouldn't drink on the weekends? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I almost think it was just maybe like the parenting in them, like they had to be with us, mm-hmm. me and my brother on the weekend. I mean, I, I never understood it, you know, like, I mean, I remember when I got older, I told my dad, like, like, why do you guys do it backwards? Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, when I was younger, like, I would start like on Thursdays, you know, before I got into like yeah. drugs, it was more like just drinking and you know, partying, you know, but Thursdays turned into any day. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we, we grew up in Hollywood, you know, my, my dad went through a lot, you know, in, in his country and his family, you know, his, his dad was, a uh, I never met him, but he was a very, very abusive person in every way, mentally, physically, psychologically, his parenting rolled over into my dad's parenting, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, it was, it was abuse. You know, uh, domestic violence, you know, he was abusive with my mom, you know, but they, they, they work things out. You know, they, they, you know, I think like a lot of times. And uh, you're an only child. So I have a brother, mm-hmm. uh, he's, um, 36, mm-hmm. 36, 37, somewhere. Uh, yeah, my little brother, just me and him. Mm-hmm. What happens in your story? Like, wh- how'd you start using like. So like, you know, through some of the work I've done, you know, like, like I've had a look back, like where, where did it start, you know, mm-hmm. and. You know, for me, it started, you know, with, with behaviors, you know, it started with not feeling secure and safe at home. My outlet for escaping was, you know, lying, stealing, you know, and I'm talking about like stealing candy from the store kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And, you know, just little things like that, you know, taking money from my mom's purse to like get something from the ice cream truck, like, (laughs) you know, just little, little things like that, you know, instead of asking, you know, like. I was scared to like hear no, you know, and it's like, I, I, you know, and so that, that's where it started, you know, and, and, uh, you know, around 11, 12 years old, like, you know, that's when my, um, my career started, you know, just like I took my first drink, you know, with my parent, you know, my, my parents, my dad really, you know, he, he, he would send me to the fridge to grab a beer, 
things like that, you know, a lot of parents do like go, mm-hmm. go give me a beer, you know, and and uh and one day I, I I was like I wanted to taste this thing that I pop a bottle off, you know, mm-hmm. and you know I was just curious, you know, and I took my first sip, you know, it was nasty, I didn't like it, but you know, and that's how I took my first sip, you know, and and then little by little, you know, it's, it's like you know we we once the behaviors are there, you know, we start like especially at that age, you know, we start um, gravitating towards you know other kids that are kind of kind of on the same path you know mm-hmm. kind of the delinquents of the community you know of the school or whatever scenario um you know mines was school you know um you know and that, that's where you know i mean everybody's exposed to different things and you know they bring different th- things to the crew you know mm-hmm. and you know we're we're all learning deviant behaviors at different times and then we all kind of like come back together like mm-hmm. hey this is what i found yeah, out let's yeah. try this yeah, or, you start putting your skills you together know, yeah and, and uh I remember 12 years old is the first time I went to a, a juvenile hall. I, 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 we, we had a stolen car. Like, and looking back, it was, it, it was like an old Toyota Corolla. It was like, <laughs> it was like a, a beater. Like we had it for like a week. There was tagging in it. Like it oh, was yeah. just like it, you it, guys hot wired it. You had the keys. Uh, screwdriver. Screwdriver. That's you it. know, good, good old screwdriver. Like mm-hmm. the, the older cars. Like a lot of them, you could just pop it with a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. You know, they were scribing on the windows and, and, you know, I look back like, what the hell were, you know, it was like, Mm -hmm. it was like yelling, pull us over, you know, and I was the lucky one to get caught in it and went to juvenile hall for my first time for, for that. Yeah. And that was about age 12. And that's where, you know, it it just kind of like started, you know, I I remember uh, my dad kind of not knowing how to deal with me, you know, in that time of my life, you know, and he kind of like pulled back you know, even more, you know, like far as just like discipline or trying to like intervene, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't know how to deal with it. And, and, uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, after that, I just kind of like, I just continued, you know, just that trip to juvenile hall. I went to Silmar, my first Silmar juvenile hall out here in uh, Los Angeles. And, um, yeah. And then like little by little, I just kept, you know, getting into more stuff and getting into more stuff and, trying whatever was around or, mm-hmm. you know, um, during that time, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, generations wise. Like, I mean, cause nowadays, like, uh, I, I had a kid in my office the other day, you know, this kid was like 18, 19 years old. He's overdosed over 30 times, you know, and, Wow, at 18, 19. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I was just having, I was having this conversation and I was like, man, you know, like, like when I was your age, you know, my friends weren't dying, mm-hmm. you know, like we were getting in trouble. We might have threw up on each other, you know, we might have got stuck on stupid, mm-hmm. but we weren't dying, you know, and I just kind of, you know, because I, I, part of my job is like mentoring, you know, and just kind of trying to plant seeds, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, and, and, and I kind of leaned on that, you know, and it's like, because all his friends are dead, you know, he's overdosed 30 times, you know, and, and so like, that's just the generation, the different times we're in, you know, kids yeah. in high schools are, you know, doing these drugs that, that kill people with overdose you know and yeah because you know i grew up in like the opiate epidemic with oxycodone and i remember like reading in the paper that people were dying and i saw news articles that like people were dying but i didn't know a lot of people dying you know what i mean it was kind of like i heard that it would happen and every time i would hear about it i'd be like oh that was probably like someone who couldn't handle their shit or like they did like an oxy 80 for the first time and didn't know it was never like I never thought like I was going to overdose, you know, like I just didn't think that that could happen to me. 
it's like so prevalent. Like people are really playing Russian roulette, especially like with the, you know, what's out there currently the past mm-hmm. couple of years. You know, it's just been it's just crazy. You know, the the, the fentanyl that's flooded. Mm-hmm. You know, in the they they have another name. They have the fentanyl, then they have the car fentanyl. Yeah, which is you know the street made you know um mm-hmm. brand. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. And you were saying you see a lot of meth here too, right? You see more meth in uh, California than opiates. As far as I'm like client wise, like you know, mm-hmm. what I mean, I, I, we come across more. Is your nonprofit mainly for youth? It's only youth, or it's adults too? My program is for youth. Okay. But the the agency itself um, has many different programs mm-hmm. and focuses. Um, yeah, they they have a bunch of different programs, you know. But our particular focus is. 12 to 24 year olds 12 to 24 um, that's cool that struggle with opiate and stimulant mm-hmm. or other drug use and, and uh, you know we just provide like you know prevention intervention treatment or education mm-hmm. you know um, whatever kind of case by case you know and we just kind of meet them where they're at sometimes they're not ready for treatment you know mm-hmm. when they're not my pitch is like all right let's not talk about treatment let's talk about like what you like doing yeah like, Let's talk about some of your goals. I, mean, mm-hmm. you know, I want to work. All right, let's look for a job. Like, gotcha. Even though, like, sometimes we we know, I mean. That they need treatment. Yeah. Yeah, you know, or, you know, they, they could get a job, but they're not going to keep it unless they, you know, get, get their, out the drugs. their addiction under control, you know. But, but if that's what it takes to help get them there and mm-hmm. support them, that's what we do, you know. Yeah, I was court mandated. I couldn't imagine going to treatment like on your own as a kid, you know. But I mean, I guess I could have, but I don't know. I mean, I guess like it's so good that the court mandates people to go to treatment, you know. I think they a little more, you know, helpful with it when you're young, you know, because when you're young, they're like, well, probably need to go to rehab. When you're older, I feel like they're like, all right, you've already should have learned your lesson now. You just need to go to jail. Yeah. So what happens in your story later on? How did like things, you know, start getting worse and worse? From 12 to 18, I, I was in and out of juvenile hall mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. I remember I turned 18 in juvenile hall, and I, I came home. You know, I, I gave it my all, like, to, like, you know, I was like, man, I'm, I'm 18. Like, you know, I was just like, I, I was like, I wanted, you a know, change. a change. I wanted, you know, something different. I, I, I didn't want to go to, you know, county jail. Like, you mm-hmm. know, just some of the stories I heard, you know, like, you know, even though like in juvenile hall, like like sometimes we kind of like glamorized it because it's like, oh, you get phone calls or <laughs> there's drugs or yeah. you know there's food. You could have store like you know just just you know just glamorizing mm-hmm. like the next chapter of our jail career and and uh, you know and I tried real hard you know to stay out you know stay out of trouble you know stay off of you know uh, drugs you know um, mm-hmm. I during my teens I I really wasn't into hard drugs. I mean, it was really just weed, alcohol. You know, I wasn't really a drinker. Like I, I whenever I would drink, drink, I would always throw up like, you know, and, and that's why I was never really a drinker. But like when other stuff would come around, like I would try it. If someone has some crack, I would, mm-hmm. you know, I would smoke crack or I didn't really have like a trigger choice yet. Yeah. I was, you know, um, yeah. You know, I, I think I lasted maybe like almost a year, you know, staying out of trouble. I, I was, I was working with my dad. My dad had a had a tire shop. You know, he when he came here, he uh, that's the work he found. You know, he he started at a tire shop in Hollywood, and uh, you know, he just kind of learned the business, and and he he built the business, and he had a, a tire shop for 
20 plus years. It's no longer around, but. So when you were using, you, you know, were doing other types of drugs, but it wasn't really too crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I lasted about like 10 months to a year, somewhere mm -hmm. around there. Um, and then I, I met her. And it's funny because, like, I've talked to a lot of guys. There was a female in the story. Always. That, yeah. that you know, introduced, you know, uh, mm -hmm. introduced, you know, the, uh, yeah, a drug. And then I met a girl. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, one of my coworkers, you know, he, we, we he set up some, like, you know, something after work. Mm -hmm. He had a couple females, you know, and, you know, we hung out a few different times, you know, but, like, these girls were always going to the bath. I, I didn't really pay attention, but, like, you know, after so many different times hanging out i'm like why do you guys always go to the bathroom together mm -hmm. like what what and she busted out a pipe you know a meth pipe and uh, oh they were smoking meth yeah you know um they were smoking meth and she said you want to try it and mm -hmm. and there i went and after that it was just so you tried crack weren't like in love with it but then tried meth and fell in love with it yeah wow yeah yeah meth meth was my my downfall my Mm -hmm. My yeah. What was meth like compared to like crack? Crack, you, I would just get stuck, you know, and just <laughs> yeah tweak. That's the best part. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like you know, um, but really, just kind of like stay stuck and just yeah, kind of like walking out the door, slow motion, kind of yeah, you know. And meth is, I remember I would notice my patterns, like you know, I would mm -hmm. get stuck if I was around people that were stuck or. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. But if I was like solo, like I'd, I'd be into something, or I'd be like taking something apart, or <laughs> I'd be on a mission, or uh -huh. you know. But but you would go out, like in the world. Yeah. Okay, so you could walk around. And stuff. Yeah, you, yeah. Like you're not too paranoid. I I noticed I would only get like stuck on windows when other people were stuck on windows. Yeah. It was like so contagious. So okay. You know, <laughs> like you know, like. <laughs> Like, I, I started to, like, learn. I remember, like, I wouldn't get high with certain people because, like, yeah. you know, it's just, like, unconscious. That was me. I would be, I was definitely window watching, looking at the rear view window. Any window or hole or whatever, it's like they're coming. Yeah. I would be in a bathroom, think that they're listening to the sink or something. Stuck. Stuck. Yeah, I'm not leaving the bathroom. Yeah. I remember I would have moments of just, like, I, would, I wouldn't leave the house because, like, especially, like, when there was a van. Oh, yeah. Like, park down the street, you know, and, yeah, you know, I, I would just, like... I would hear a dog bark down the street and swear that there was dogs coming. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, in, in, insanity, right? And, uh... So, how old were you when you first tried meth? I tried it when I was, like, 17, but it, it didn't really... Take its grip. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just tried it. It wasn't really, like, ooh, like, mm -hmm. where can I get more of this? It was, like, okay, this is what we're doing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh... Yeah, right around nineteen is when I, I um, I started with lines, you know, and and, and um, you know, it was it was cool. I, I was doing that for like six months and kind of still managing. Mm -hmm. But once I met her and, and and then started smoking, you know, everything just spiraled, you know. So from like nineteen to when I got clean at mm -hmm. age twenty six, it was just a vicious, vicious cycle, you know. And, and I started smoking, and at the end, like. You know, I, I became everything I said I wouldn't, you know, and I, I, I remember, uh, you know, it's funny how, like, addicts, like, judge other addicts, you yeah. know, like, heroin addicts, like, you know, like, don't understand tweakers, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, that shit will fuck your life up. You're yeah. Like, oh, you're on heroin. You know, or, yeah. or how, like, you know, uh, uh, people don't understand, like, addicts that, like, stick needles in their arms. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, that's the lowest of the low. Like, mm -hmm. 
Hey, that's a real bad addict. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just smoking a pipe. I'm not that bad, you know. Mm -hmm. Just the insanity, but that was me, you know. I was just like, dang, you shoot dope. Like, oh my God, what's, <laughs> what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, and and uh and I became that that addict, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, towards the end of my 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 last like two years of or using, you know, where what was uh, like a day in the life like like your you know, during your bottom? Um where are you living, where are you working, like how you getting money to cop? You know, so I, I would I would have the vicious cycle of like, you know, building my life up and then tearing it all down. Mm -hmm. Building it all up, tearing it all down, you know. And then going to jail, starting all over, you know. So it's always this vicious cycle of, you know, um just starting over, you know, coming home to nothing again, you know, and, and uh towards the end of my using, like, you know, I was I was homeless, you know, with a backpack you know, bouncing around from here to there, you know, showering, you know, uh, I remember there was a time like, uh, um, I wasn't allowed in the house and my brother would let me in when the parents were gone to go shower mm -hmm. and, and wash up and get something to eat. And then, and then, you know, I just, I go back, you know, and, and, um, yeah, you know, just, just that, that was my bottom, you know, with, with nothing, you know, just whatever I needed to come up on t to get the next one, you know, and, and, uh, and then towards the end, like my bottom was just like I, I remember this moment. This was like a few weeks before I got arrested. My last time, I, I I was I was in a house, and I was stuck in the bathroom with my pants down. Like my arms were sore, and I was trying to like find were you somewhere. Shooting at this point, yeah, I okay. was I was looking. You know, I was shooting at this point. This was towards the end, and you know, I just remember I kept like poking myself, and I, you know, I just couldn't hit, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and, you know, I was just like in, in my head, you know, I just, I still remember the, the insanity, like, like, man, like, what are you doing? You know, but the other part is like, I need to get, get this, you know, but it was just, you know, I, I remember that moment, like, like yesterday, you know, and, and uh, I'm glad, like, like, I don't block that out. Like I want to mm -hmm. remember, like, you know, cause I, I, I know I'm, I could wind up right back there and, and uh, gladly, you know, shortly after that, um, you know, I, I call them my angels disguised as L.A. County Sheriff. Mm -hmm. You know, arrested me on March 2nd for my last time. Well, it's March 2nd, 2008. Yeah. So that was my last. I was loaded. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, so my my. Have you gone to meetings before a treatment? So my, my first exposure to any kind of help mm -hmm. or counseling or, or recovery, um, you know, I, 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 I was, uh, I was in prison and, uh, for my second time, I've only been there twice, but um, when it was getting close to my release, you know, like my 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 mom, like when I was in jail, my dad wouldn't even communicate with me. It was just my mom. And she was like, you know, I, I, I love you and I'll help you, but you can't come home no more. And I- yeah, I, That's probably the best thing a parent can do, man, to be honest with you, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, I didn't see it in that moment. I didn't see it when I came home, but like looking back, like that was like, I'm grateful she set that boundary, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and as a parent, I, I could only imagine, you know, just to, the, you know, how hard that is, you know, because I see it like, you know, in, in the work I do, like, you know, especially with these youth, you know, like, like, you know, I get moms, you know, like, like desperate, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and feel like they, you know, just, um, yeah, you know, and there's no boundary and these kids walk all over them, yeah. you know, no respect. And, and yeah, and you tell them to kick them out and they're like, no, you know, like, and I get it because it's like, to them, they're like, well, at least I can watch them and like keep them alive. Where if I kick them out, 
they might start doing crimes that are way worse than what they're doing now. And um, it's like that double-edged sword, but like, I always tell parents to kick their kids out, you know? I always think it's like the best thing to do because it's like addicts don't get clean unless they're pushed into a corner. Yeah. So it's like, if you got a place to live and money, why would you stop? You know what I mean? Like I've had stories, um, I remember when I was uh, probably like three, four years clean, my dad called me and was like, you gotta help this family, da 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 da. The daughter's on pills. And I went over there and dude, this girl had such an attitude. She's like, who the fuck are you? I don't even know who you are. And I talked to the mom and I'm like, dude, your daughter's addicted to blues. Cause so she had blues. I remember she was like, hey, I found this in my daughter's room. Like, what should I do? And I looked at them. I was like, holy shit, those are like, those are, you know, Roxy's. I was like, I would definitely kick her out. And then she came home and she's like, who's this? And I was like, hey, like, you know, I, I'm a friend, you know, my dad knows your mom, whatever, I'm trying to help you. I think you should go to rehab. She's like, I'm not going to rehab. And I try to convince her to go. And I was like, well, if you don't go, I'm gonna, you know, suggest that your mom kicks you out. She's like, fuck you, you don't know shit about me, <laughs> da, 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 da. The mom kicked her out. And I swear to God, three hours later, she called me and she said that she shit herself because she was so dope sick. And she was at the Walgreens and she's ready to go to treatment. And I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> but sometimes it's like that because she was probably dope sick. She wanted money. I told the mom, don't give her any money. She fucking ran out the house, shit herself. and was like, I'm ready to go to, go to treatment. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and she went. So it's like, you know, if you don't do that, like dude, this person might use in your house for 10 more years. Yeah. You know, it's really hard for parents to set that boundary. And that was like an easy one. Sometimes not that easy. Sometimes they leave and they don't come back. So oh, yeah, for sure. I always tell parents to kick their kids out. If you're listening to this, like your kid's using, kick them out of the house. <laughs> kick them out of the house. Don't give them money and say, well, when you want to go to rehab, let me know. Setting boundaries. They're, they're hard, you know, boundaries, period, in any yeah. kind of scenario, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I love you. I'll help you. But you can't come home. You know, this was after getting the house raided different times, you know, um, getting the house shot at a mm -hmm. few different times. For owing like dealers money, like street related stuff, mm -hmm. and when she said that, like I mean, I didn't like question it. I I understood, and so then I I heard about. Uh, I started asking around in prison, like you know, I was like damn, where 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 can I go? Is there like I, I had heard about halfway houses. I didn't know what they were, but mm -hmm. so yeah, I found out about one. I I sent them a letter. Um, you know, this was my projected release date. You know, and I would like to go, and and I was accepted. Um, there's a halfway house on in LA on 37th and Grand. And yeah, you know, I went there. I lasted, uh, you know, a few months. This was, this program was more like a behavior modification. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I remember they had, um, panels, you know, once or twice a week. And then they had, uh, like behavior modification groups. You know, I, I, I lasted, I, I remember the day I got there, I got there and, and it's just everybody there is from prison. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it was four story apartment building, you know, so I want to say it was probably like 150 people there, something wow. like that. Like um, some rooms had four men, some rooms had three. Uh, each floor had a six man room. You know, so it was quite a few people there. And uh, I, I remember the day I got there one more time, you know, like got released, you know, and, and I was like, I'm focused. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to do good. I'm, mm -hmm. As soon as I finished intake and stuff, like. You know, some homies were like, hey, you know, when you're done situated, getting situated in your room, go up to the fourth floor. You know, we're, we're up there in the corner. Mm -hmm. You know, I get situated, go up to the fourth floor. 
you know, they're they're doing what we do. You know, they're drinking. They got like a couple of bottles of vodka. Wow. They're smoking weed. You know, out, mm-hmm. out the fire escape. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, there's also other rooms that that's probably not going on in. But yeah, I get it. When you're an addict, you just like end up in that room. You know. Yeah, and and it's what we know. I mean, like especially you know prison population. I mean any population. You mm-hmm. know, like you know, were, you know this program wasn't. I mean, there was rules, you know, there there was, but it's just also it was just like in jail. I mean, there's rules, but there's people still getting around people them. smoking weed. There's still people overdosing. Like mm-hmm. there's still addicts, you know, getting high. Like it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, but I, I came out, you know, just really wanting a different life, you know? And, and, uh, right when I come home, I come home to that, like here, like welcome home. And, and, uh, I didn't get high that day, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think I lasted maybe a month, you know, before. Like one of them, was like, hey, I'm I'm going to the bathroom. You want to roll? You know the the good old fuck it. Mm-hmm. I I always stay reminded, you know, like like um like I, I've tried every every way to like use successfully, you know, and and it's like I like like this time I was like, all right, I, I smoked weed. I'm like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna smoke weed. You yeah. Know? And, but um, I can't do that, you know. And uh, sooner or later, I'll, I'll wind up on my drug of choice and and just be back to you know where I began, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's what, you know, started, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, that program, I mean, like I, I, I wasn't ready, you know, I mean, like I was ready, but I, I, I didn't have the right support. You know I mean? I really believe just support, you know, and, and that helps. I mean, like, you know, when a person's ready, a person's ready, you know, but like, I, I remember, uh, you know, this program, like, you know, I still had that mentality, like, you know, I wouldn't go talk to the counselors because it was like, they're the police, you know, yeah. like, I, I wouldn't want, go bug, you know, anybody over there. Cause it's like, like, you know, like, you know, it's just still their mentality. Like, like they're the enemy, you mm-hmm. know, like not looking at like those they're people are me. there to help me mm-hmm. and, you know, could probably help them guide me in a different direction, you know? And, and, uh, and yeah, you know, so that, that was where I was first introduced to like any kind of recovery, um, 12 step environment, you know? Um, and yeah, you know, eventually like I, I had started working after I forgot what thing was 90 days. I, I was able to work. You know, but I was using, you know, I was already using, I was using weekly. You know, I, I, my roommate would use Seroquel. Like I never heard of Seroquel, like mm-hmm. all these meds, like I know today, but like, I didn't like, try to know on Seroquel. I didn't, I didn't know about none of that, you know, but like, like the way I would maintain, I'd stay up for like one or two days and then take Seroquel so I could sleep. And that lasted for a while, you know, it was just a cool, like little, I would participate in group. I would, mm-hmm. they would have us like read stuff in front of like, the, the meetings and you know and, I, and they I was, weren't drug testing you guys randomly you know they were random but i, I was just like because i was visible i was present i was i wasn't hiding you know like you know so it kind of threw them off and yeah and, and uh but one day it just kind of i forgot what happened but like counselors came up to their rooms like i need you to pee just randomly you know mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and i still remember it was a it was a three-day weekend and my job had holidays off. So like Monday, it was a Sunday. I was up in my room chilling and, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I couldn't pee, you know, and, um, I was put on restriction, you know, so you can't go to work and, you know, da, 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 da. And yeah, that, that night I packed my stuff up Sunday morning. Like I, I took what I could, you know, told like one of my neighbors to hold my bigger bag of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll, I'll be back in a couple of days. Like, and I, I, I always use that moment, you know, to like when I'm working with, you know, people that, that 
leave rehab or like yeah. you know are always in a rush to go nowhere you know because yeah. like i was just like you know i i i, I probably should have stayed you know i probably mm-hmm. could have got some help i probably could have avoided a whole lot of chaos you know that i got got into but you said i can't leave you know and i and, and i left and within a few months you know it was just spiraled worse you know mm-hmm. and uh and um during this time is like around the time where like i i met somebody that was u- using you know uh shooting up i mean, i even remember like once i left like and even that same night i'm like damn like i got nowhere to go mm-hmm. you know, i couldn't go home yeah my bridges were all burnt you know I, I didn't have no money i mean i had a job but it was part-time i you know i mean yeah i i found myself in a you know a situation just like damn how did i get here you know and, and uh you know, I figured it out for a few months, but like within like six, six, eight months, I I was my job. My job sent me to rehab. Wow. Yeah, my job. I I, I landed a job at a nonprofit. Um, they've been around now. They've been around over thirty years. It was founded by a priest um, in Boyle Heights. You know, and, and um, you know, it's um, yeah, it's a, a nonprofit started by a priest. Um, he started this nonprofit called the uh, Homeboy Industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he. Uh, I remember I was on my way to a, a girl's house and I was walking, and I was walking past his, his the office like when this guy was opening. He's an old, you know, older white guy, and I saw him as I was walking. I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. Mm-hmm. I couldn't put it together, and and then when I got closer, I was like, Father Gray. He's like, Yeah, and I looked at the sign, and then I was like. Oh, I remembered, you know, because he he used to go to uh, do um, church service mm-hmm. in East Lake Juvenile Hall and camps. Wow. You know, he would go into juvenile halls and camps, you know, to to do service, you know, mm-hmm. and he would he would use um, the the word and you know mix it in with telling stories of the work he's doing with like homies and gangs and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and and, and uh, you know he made it. Um, attractive you know to even listen to the word you know yeah um when i was in jail any anything i could do to get out of my cell i would go mm-hmm. you know but yeah you know and that's where like i i had met him um, is that where you got clean at that homeboy industries almost okay so 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 when i i got hired at homeboys when i was working you know my higher power kind of like beginning to direct like you know a a road for me mm-hmm um, I just, you know, I didn't see it at that time. Homeboy Industries, they, they, uh, yeah, cause I was, yeah, I was just, I was bad. They, they knew I was bad and they, they sent me to rehab. And that's where like the message, the 12 step message was really planted. They sent me to a program that, uh, Warm Springs, it was up in Castic Lake. That was a great program. I don't, I don't know why it's closed, you know, but mm-hmm. they, they closed it down. Like, yeah, there was a lot of BS that happened there, but like, the message was planted, you know, like they, they, they really pushed meetings, you know, they had groups throughout the day, but they had, you know, two meetings a day, like two men, like they had a, after lunch, I think it was like 1 PM and, and they had AA, NA or CA, you know, mm-hmm. you, you chose in all three different locations. And then they had a nighttime one, same, same format, you know, AA, NA or CA. So you had options. Mm-hmm. That's when I actually like got, got attracted to, a different life because the first program all of us were still like you know telling more stories and mm-hmm. you know and, and whatnot you know but you know being exposed to um people coming up on panels and 
you know, see them come up at once a month and share their stories. And, and yeah, so like that's where the message was planted. And yeah, I got released out of there. And then um, I went back to Homeboys. And then I, I think I lasted maybe less than six months or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I got arrested, March 2nd. In between all that, I started using needles and, and I did everything. Like I, I you know, I, I sold I sold my car, you know, for drugs. You know, I, I justified it because like I bought a gun and and had money. There you go. You know, just like yeah. You know, just just insanity. You know, just just you know, towards the end, I was just like alone. The way I was using, especially like you know, like when I was started sticking needles in my arm, like you know, it just kind of pushed me to a different level of addiction i felt like like you know it was just like a different it was just different like than when i was using in the beginning you know and, and um it's like you know we talk about in recovery you know it's like you know we pick up where we left off and sometimes it, it's worse you know and mm -hmm. mine's went worse like quick you know and and i got arrested i got arrested and and uh you know i went to treatment and you know uh homeboy industries you know let me back and a big part of my beginning you know, I, I, I was able to have a 12-step program in, you know, Homeboy Industries, you know, as as my communities, you know, support, you know, because mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like when we get here, like I, I didn't know how to live. I, I didn't know how to socialize. I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't know how to order a steak. You know, I mean, my steak was well done, <laughs> like extra done, you know, I mean, that's not the, well, you know, story today. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know nothing about living and you know and i hung on like I'm, I'm real grateful like when i got here i was single with no kids and mm -hmm. and i was just able to focus on me like you know my first four or five years before i had my first son uh, and two andrew he's uh 10 he'll be 11 in july that was 2011 you know so from 08 to 2011 like i i i, I just i just focused on me and, and recovery and you know, getting better. Mm -hmm. And I was heavily involved in both communities, you know, 12 step and a lot of people in recovery would call me homeboy Joe, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like some people get nicknames, you know, um, I used to be big Joe, but like I lost 140 pounds. Oh, really? Recently, you know, so. Oh, wow. So yeah. you gained a lot of weight when you first got clean? Yeah, I, I wow. dropped, you know, the, I dropped the spoon, picked up the fork. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was huge. What, um, what was like the turning point in your recovery where you were like trying to get clean and like you really thought like, all right, I'm really going to do this. Like what helped you? I mean, I've always looked at like, look back. Right. And, and, uh, you know, so when, when I got arrested my last time and once like I got to men's central jail after, you know, sleeping the drug off a little bit and, you know, once you get a men's central processing, like a lot goes through my mind at least you know mm -hmm. and i was just like man like i'm tired of this you know that pro that processing you know is i, I mean that's the only jail i've done processing mm -hmm. yet, so i don't know but i've heard of other you know yeah, jails that are like oh man it sounds like you know holiday inn over there like, <laughs> and, and uh i was never the one to like god get me out of this or you know i, mm -hmm. I was just like i never turned to god or religion or you know, I, I kind of left like my grandma out, but like my, I, so when, growing up, I was like, my grandma was a Mormon, a faithful Mormon. And, wow. and, you know, and I did it everywhere she went and I went with her, mm -hmm. but when she passed on, like, so did God, you know? And, and that was, I was like around 13, you know? And, and, uh, and that part just, just, you know, died, you know, but it, so I've never 
been that like, oh God, like, you know, get me out of this. And, you know, but I remember being in jail and I was like, man, so like something's got to change. Like, and I remember like, you know, waiting for court, you know, and, and I, I, I went, I got prop 36 court, which is a drug court. I don't even know if it's still around, but, mm -hmm. but I, I remember a lot of people were getting released on outpatient, you know, and like, I, I, I knew like, like, you know, that, that, that wouldn't, I wouldn't last. You knew you needed to be in you know, somewhere. Yeah. And, I, and I'm real grateful. Like they sent me to a, uh, inpatient, you know, six month inpatient program. I was just done, you know, like I, I didn't have a fight, you know, I, I was just done. You know, I remember like getting to treatment. Like, I mean, I was a little uncomfortable. Like I got sent to a program, you know, it was a 40 bed facility and I was sitting on the couch. All I seen was blacks, you know, and, and, and I was like, man, I'm at the wrong program, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I still had that mentality of like, just that BS mentality from jail. And, and there was one guy that looked like me and he came and sat down and he'll comfort me, you know? And, and I stood and, you know, I, I completed, you know? And, and, uh, and I just dove right in, you know, I, I the, the members that were on Saturday night, there was a meeting, I would hang out with the, the trusted servants, you mm -hmm. know, when I was able to go on passes, I would meet up, I would take my bus to their house or, you know, that that's all I did. Like mm -hmm. if I left anywhere with the client during the week or when I had my passes, it was with, I was either with people from NA or my family. And yeah, you know, I just kind of like had that moment of just like, I'm done, mm -hmm. you know, and just, I tried my, my, uh, I did my best to not put myself in like, you know, situations and, and, uh, you know, because I already had the information, you know, now it's just like I had to apply, apply it. Yeah. You know, like I already knew what I need, like needed to do, you know, mm -hmm. and I already had all the tools, you know, and, and it was just like applying what I, what I knew, you know, and, and uh, in the beginning, I mean, it was a little, there, there, there were, you know, a couple moments of discomfort, you know, I mean, like LA is like a big city, my opinion, like recovery could still be segregated and uncomfortable and, mm -hmm. and sometimes even racist in some areas, you know, you know, aren't as welcoming, you know, to certain races as others, you know, or, you know, it's just what it is, you know, um, we live in a city where different cultures in different parts of the, the county and, you know, you could go to this area and it's all black. You could go to this area. It's all white. You could mm -hmm. go to this area, you know, early in my recovery, I'm real grateful. I learned how to move around and it helped me learn how to break through the color lines, you know, that, that I had created and they were different. I didn't know how to engage with different people. Mm -hmm. You know, I just knew how to engage with like, you know, ball headed people with prison tattoos and, and that told war stories, yeah. you know? And, and so learning how to engage with people that didn't look like me was, was challenging, you know? And, and uh, I'm real grateful. Like when I got clean, like I, I just kept moving. I kept moving around just, just different places, you know, they, they said, get there and we'll get you home, you know, so I would get there. That's cool. I didn't have a car. That's why, like, sometimes newcomers, like, talk about, like, not being able to get there or it's far mm -hmm. or there was no Uber when I got clean, yeah. you know? So, like, sometimes I still have that, like, what's in it for me type of mentality or how can I come up on, mm -hmm. you know, the situation, you know? But I would use that, like, you know, in, in, in meeting situations, like, you know, I would, like, you know, connect with people that maybe lived in my direction. Like, hey, can I get to the meeting? Yeah. You take me home? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I started using those type of skills because they are skills, right? You like, For sure. That we learn, like, in addiction, you know. And, you know, I started, like, using those to get to meetings, to get mm -hmm. home, you know, like, to get around. You know, I didn't mind taking the bus, you know, but sometimes 
meetings, you know, over at nine, ten. Like, yeah, you know, I dove right in. I, I, you know, just like a lot of people was uncomfortable in the beginning. You know, like I, um, people would invite me go eat. I wouldn't have money, or you know, I, I wouldn't know how to socialize. I didn't know how yeah. to talk when I got here. I didn't know how to. I mean, I still freeze up in some scenarios where you know I, I don't know how to you know um, be around people. But like when I got here, it was just worse. Like I mm-hmm. didn't. And then I like just a good old feeling of like, damn, like I don't want to owe these people. Like, yeah. And, uh, but luckily I, I, I landed around some people that didn't make me feel that way, you know? And, and I, I just, I kept coming, I kept coming, I kept coming, I kept coming. And, you know, it still makes sense to keep coming. That's dope, bro. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. Tell me a little bit more about the nonprofit you work for. So, so I work for a nonprofit and I've also, um, so I'm building my own nonprofit. Um, it's called the action project. We're still like in development. Like I I had an idea last year during the pandemic, like I saw this meme on social media and uh, like during the pandemic, I was on unemployment. I was Mm -hmm. unemployed when the pandemic hit, you know, so I, I was part of the, the extra EDD money, you know? And, and, uh, and I remember seeing that message, you know, that it says, um, something around like you were like smart, you know, or you, you could take, you know, some of that stimulus money and, you know, go get yourself a business license or, mm-hmm. you know, invest in the LLC or. I saw the meme or it like broke down the yeah, stimulus. You know, yeah. it, you know, and, and, I, and I screenshotted that, you know, and I saved it, you know, and, and I was just like, man, like I don't have no debt. You know, my credit cards are, I only had one credit card at that mm-hmm. time, you know, and I, I was like, I have a savings. Let's just do it. Like, I just had this idea, you know, and, and sometimes that's the problem. Like when I have an idea, like I just, I get fixed on it and nothing's mm-hmm. stopping me. Like until I get it done or I do yeah. it. And, uh, and, um, I had this idea, you know, cause like I'm a resource, you know, I help people get connected to what they can, need to get connected to as far as treatment options, support, mm-hmm. um, applying for medical benefits, you know, uh, applying for Medi-Cal. A lot of people yeah. don't even know that, that they're eligible for medical you know which you know like a lot of people don't you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to apply you know how many people go without because they just don't know how to you know navigate through things you know and you know and people always reach out to me like people like no i'm i've been in the field for a while just working with people mm-hmm. you know so like i'm always getting hit up like hey joke I, I, I need some help with my brother or can you help me get my son in a rehab or mm-hmm. you know that some of the nonprofit world you know it's like you know there, there's funding out there to be used, you know, to execute different goals, you know, you know, and I started doing research and looking at like some of these funding opportunities and, and, you know, like right now I I'm working like on a, it's like a $800,000 grant, Wow. you know, and, and my thoughts were like, you know, I'm making less than $50,000 managing pretty much all the functions, the mm-hmm. data, the networking, the, all the functioning parts of this grant. Like I, I'm doing it. I just put it on an Excel sheet and submit it. Yeah, you know, so the so development and all those people have, you know, but I I was like I could do this, you mm-hmm. know. And the action project was born. You know, our acronym for action is um, any change towards improving one's nature. You know, because um, the idea is, you know, to we meet people in different stages, and people are ready when they're ready. You know, I, I've learned just to meet people where they're at. You know, and, and and whatever steps or whatever support I could do, you know, or, or we could do to help somebody feel appreciated, feel heard, feel supported, whatever it is, like, you know, we, we, um, that's the idea, you know, and, and like long-term, I want to be able to create a community, you know, that has an address, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, people 
could send somebody, you know, that, you know, it's welcoming is there's, there's, you know, a, a video game. I'm just throwing out pictures like, yeah. like you know, a gaming like a pool section, tables, uh, whatever. pool tables, uh, you know, a meeting room, uh, mm-hmm. uh, meetings going on. Uh, yeah. I want to do the same thing in Florida. I'm working right now trying to find a property where I could have like a real clubhouse. Cause like in Florida, there used to be a couple of clubhouses and now there's really just one. And we only meet in churches now. Like it's really just churches and like there's one clubhouse. But the church is like, you don't like, you can't really go there and hang out. Like you're there for the meeting and then you got to go, you know? And I want to try to find a space that is, you know, same thing where it's like pool tables, you know, meeting halls, step workshops, you know, food. There's not really nothing like that in Florida, except for like, there's this one spot. And I want to make it nice because a lot of places where meetings are at, it's not really like nice. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever, you know? Yeah. But that's the idea, you know, just just having like, like Homeboy Industries, uh, one of their hope has an address, you know, and oh, that's cool. And their address is one thirty West Bruno Street, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's the yeah. idea, you know, something like that, where it's like a, a community where you could go there and and you could get what you need, you know. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know how to get what you need, they'll help you look for it. That's you know? cool. And yeah, you know, um, like we're we're still in development. I've realized like I I have a hard time communicating. You know, my visions, like I, mean, mm-hmm. I still get explaining stuff. I don't know how to like teach, you know, it's kind of like one of the things I'm working on is like, cause like one of my defects is like, I expect people to think how I'm thinking mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I'm glad I know I'm not alone, but, but it's, it's something like, you know, um, I'm, I'm really working on more cause it's like, all right, like if I'm building something, I'm going to be managed. Like I, I got to like change my, a lot of my ways, you know, of thinking and, and, uh, you know, cause, cause my, cause my vision, you know, is, is having a place, you know, people that have personal life lived experience mm-hmm. that have also professional experience. Cause I I've been exposed to some communities where it's like, damn, this, this feels like a good place to work where mm-hmm. it's like place where you, where you don't mind like staying later yeah. like on your own and time, it's fun. like where you, you know, your boss trusts you to like, go take, like, you know, mm-hmm. take care of what you got to take care of. And you're still going to execute like, your, your task. Yeah. You know, like not feeling like micromanaged mm-hmm. and supported, you know, like, I was hearing this podcast the other day and it, it, this guy was talking about like, what is we, what is company's week look like? And every day started with like investing in staff and not nothing work related, mm-hmm. you know, all on like self-development and team building and engaging. And I've been around nonprofit for a while and it's like, I, I see a lot of nonprofits, you know, they, they, they get all these, all these funds. They're closed at 430. Yeah. We're going to stay open like later. I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but we're not closing at five. Mm-hmm. That's when a lot of people like need the most, yeah. you know, there's a lot of programs that just shut down, you know? So like, mm-hmm. that's my idea of like the community, like, you know, just go, you, you, you could like, you know, workout bars, weights, like mm-hmm. just, it's cool. it, you know, cause I've been to a few similar communities. It's just like, like, you know, I like, especially cause I go to youth centers and, mm-hmm. you know, speak to the youth and. And there's times where I go and I'm just like, I don't want to leave, you yeah, know, it's just fun. like, it's cool. Cause it's community is support mm-hmm. is a lot of people don't have that, you know, especially like our youth, a lot of youth don't have that support at home. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know how to parent, you know, a lot of people don't know how to, you know, balance, you know, like I struggle as a parent, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, there's, there's times where it's like, I get so caught up in what I'm doing. It's like, man, like when's the last time I sat down with my son, you know, so just being, <clears throat> being able to like focus on that, you know, um, no, it gets hard, you know, like I, I, my being a dad has, has, uh, helped me, has pushed me to like new levels, you know, like 
you know, I have a 10 year old that, that, uh, his first like seven years of life, he was lived at mom's. I mean, I was always around, like, mm-hmm. you know, I was every, every other weekend or, you know, we had our schedules, but his behavior got out of control and he came with me and he's been with, uh, since that was 2019. Uh, that's cool. You know, he's in a behavior school. He got kicked out of the school district, a lot of anger, you know, uh, aggressive, you know, he's come a long way, you know, and it's like, he, he pushes me, him and his brother push me to, like, I want to say like, since he's been with me, like these past three years of my life are like been like my most growth in my recovery. Like, like, like new points of freedom, you mm-hmm. know, like, like I still go, I just started going back, but there's a meeting in Hollywood. It's a step in tradition meeting. And I remember one night they, they were talking about a new, a uh, new level of honesty, you know, and it's like, I, I remember like feeling that, like, I was like, man, I, 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 I was just abstinent. I wasn't in no work, you know, I, I was, I was just clean, you know, and, um, and yet these past three years, you know, I put, like, I pushed, I pushed, I pushed, you know, like, you know, not, not being able to control my, my frustration with him sometimes. Like, I remember, you know, I almost got a DCFS case, you know, cause, mm-hmm. you know, he had a bruise and the, the social worker at school like saw it and they have to make a report, you know, and, and I just remember like that, like looking at my behavior in the mirror, like, like checking myself, like, you know, it's like, like he's feeling what he's feeling and then me like adding to it, you know, and just really looking at that kind of stuff, you know, cause it's like, I'm his teacher. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then my other son, you know, last year he was having um thoughts of hurting himself, you know, and it came up in school and me and his mother, like we took him to the hospital, you know, and, and that was a, another thing, you know, because I blamed myself. Like, what am yeah. I doing wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and I, I'm just, like, real grateful for my process because it's not, like, what I'm doing wrong. It's like, all right, like, what can I do more of, you know, because I, I co-parent with him. And, you know, I was just comfortable with just weekends, you know, and it's like, I need to do more, you know, even if it's inconvenient, you know, even if it's driving to, to, to get him from school, like, mm-hmm. way across town, like, you know, taking him all the way across, the, you know, the... Um, I would avoid certain things to like LA traffic and the location he lives and where I live. And, and there's a lot of, a lot of uncomfortable, you know, and it's like, I had to start looking at like the inconvenient service. I, 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 I I'm willing to do in recovery. Yeah. A couple months ago, like I, I was stuck in traffic like three hours just to go be a service after work, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, so I, I had to remember those moments where it's like, you got to apply that stuff with your family. You For know? sure. Yeah. I, I don't know how it's, switch to dad mode but uh it's all right hey well i appreciate you coming on the show man you know it was really cool connecting with you and um you know i hope everything goes well if you ever have like issues with like the nonprofit, or you have like questions or whatever we can link up and talk about it so it'd be dope but, oh yeah for yeah, sure yeah, awesome yeah having you on the show man you had a great message great story yeah yeah i'll keep you updated and, and uh, keep in touch appreciate it yeah. hey thank you bro yeah this show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.